Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Everybody feeling good this morning? Take your copy of God's Word out and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 3. Deuteronomy chapter 3. We're going to start out in Numbers 13 just for reference, but Deuteronomy chapter 3 is going to be our text for the morning. Text for the morning. A little bit of spring rain out there. Pre-spring rain, right? I know, I know you may not be thankful for the spring rain right now, but um, at our house, I'm noticing, this is what I'm noticing, is that the daylilies are already, already coming up, right? And this is cool because I didn't plant the daylilies. The Miss Loretta, who is, who is like better homes and gardens and DIY all wrapped into one, who we bought our house from, she planted the daylilies and I started getting reminded about, oh my goodness, I can't believe all the things in my life I get to reap the rewards of, but I didn't plant the seed, but I, anybody ever get to reap anything that you didn't plant from? And then, and then the rain, the rain, see, here's what I know about God's word. Remember in Isaiah, it says the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stays on the ground to water the earth. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and prosper everywhere that I send it. And so just like all the potential is in those bulbs, but it takes some rain to bring out the potential. Every time God's word is open and spoken over you, everything that's in you begins to come alive. Come on, is anybody ready to receive from heaven this morning? Deuteronomy chapter 3, but let's start out in Numbers, Numbers 13. I want to preach to you this this morning about finally facing, finally facing your fears. Do you know the decisions that you make? That's why this, this Occupy word is so important. Because you're on, the, you're, on, you're on the brink of something. You're on the brink of stepping into blessing. You're on the doorstep of destiny. And decisions that you make when you're on the doorstep of destiny don't just affect your tomorrow. They affect your next season. And so this, is, this Occupy word, is a, it's a strong word. It's an important word for our church. It's an important word for, for you. Because here's, here's what happened to the Israelites the first time around in Numbers 13. God's setting them up, ready to open the doors, ready, ready for them to go in and occupy the land. And this is what they said. They said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. It matters so much the voices that you choose to listen to in your life. The giants that you are facing today have absolutely zero power to rob you of your destiny. But if you choose to listen to a bad report, it has all the power in the world to rob you of your destiny. That's why your cousin they can't ever say anything good about anybody. You go ahead and love him and pray for him, but stop hanging around him. And stop putting his feed 
like the first feed on your Instagram, the, the voices that we choose to listen to have the power to drain the destiny from us because it affects, our, it affects us. And then it says the land we traveled to and explored will devour anyone who lives there. It wasn't the giants that devoured the promise. It was the negativity and it was the criticism. It sucked the life out of the promise. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Here's what I really felt like the Lord wanted to ask you this morning through me. So I feel like God wants to ask you, what are you running from? What are you running from? Are you running from a calling? Are you running from destiny? Are you running from a dream? Are you running? I feel like there's somebody here this morning that you're actually, you're not afraid of failure, you're afraid of success. You're running from greatness. God brings you to the point of success and then you keep doing things to sabotage yourself because you're afraid of success. What are you, what are you running from? Are you running from reconciliation of a relationship? Are you running from your emotions? Are you running from commitment? See, the, Isra the Israelites then for 40 years, because they made one decision to run, they spent the next 40 years of their life running, but on the heels of that question, what I sense the direction of this message and what I sense from heaven this morning is that the Lord would just declare over you no more. You're not going to run anymore. Today is the day that you stop running from things and you start running toward things. You stop running from your fears and you begin running towards your future. You stop running from your past and you start running towards his promises. You stop running from people that are against you and you run to things that are for you. You stop running from people who are are tearing you down and you start running towards relationships that will build you up because in your life you will not be defined by what you run from but you will be defined by what you run toward and our God this morning I believe is empowering you to finally there's somebody that's been running I'm not talking about the thing that you've just been running from from last week I'm talking about years of running Years of running, and it can change in a moment. God, God, because God gave the Israelites the second chance. This is so cool. So after the wandering, after they didn't get it for 40 years, in Deuteronomy chapter 3 is this amazing account beginning in verse 8. So we took on the land of the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, all the way from the Arnon Gorge to Mount Hermon. I want you to underline Mount Hermon. There's three places in Scripture uh, that I want to teach to you about this morning. Mount Hermon is one of them. We now had conquered all the cities on the plateau and all Gilead, circle Gilead, and then Bashan. Hermon, Gilead, and Bashan. As far as the towns of Selica and Edre, which were part of Og's kingdom in Bashan. King Og, by the way. King Og of Bashan was the last survivor of the giant Raphites. 
His bed was made of iron and was more than 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. It can still be seen at the Ammonite city of Rabbah. Y'all, that's a big bed. That is a big bed. There's some world changers that just got back from Haiti. The medical team has just returned. And then the uh, uh, first part of the team returned last week. And I, I do have to tell you that I think that all, in all my years of being on the missions field that I never had such good accommodations. So uh, it was pretty amazing. However, however, I do know, Dr. Dr. Cook, that the beds were made for probably like 5'10 and below. Right, because, because I'd get in that bed and I was thankful for air conditioning and I was thankful for comfort, but, but like I just, I got laid in that bed and then I just angled. You know, I was angled from one, a 13 foot, man, a 13 foot bed. Could that even fit in your room? Like a 13 foot bed. Think of it. So there's, some, some people like that we would call uh, giants, some large, large people, right? Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal is 7'1". If you don't know Shaq, he's the guy from the Gold Bond commercials and the general insurance commercials, I think, is, that's where he became famous. So Shaquille is 7'1". And then you have Andre the Giant, which, of course, everybody knows from the Princess Bride. And, and Andre is seven foot four. And then you have Manute Bowl. Remember Manute, y'all? Manute, seven, seven. And, and then uh, George uh, Larson, I think is his last name. George is his first name. He is the tallest, like in modern history. He's eight, 11. Okay, Goliath is nine foot, but King Og of Bashan, his bed, his bed, this was a giant, right? This was 13, his bed was 13 feet. But then I read that, and it doesn't say that King Og was 13 feet, does it? It just says that his bed was 13 feet. I wonder what you may be running from this morning. You're not even running from the real thing. You're just running from a reputation. Somebody started sped, spreading a bad report around your future and you believed the bad report and you didn't even check out the facts. We can run from things in our lives that not are, aren't even real because, hey, did you hear about his bed? Did you hear about his bed? Did you hear about his bed? For all I know, y'all, he might have been like Napoleon. Maybe he was only like four foot two, but he's like, hey, make my bed real big and then tell everybody that I got a 13 foot bed and everybody in their mind will just assume because sometimes we assume that the battle is going to be harder than it really is. And this reputation, you know how our minds, the enemy will drop one thing. Hey, you're about to fight a 13 foot bed, a 13 foot bed. I've never fought a 13. I've never even seen a 13 foot bed. Imagine the size of the person that must live in that 13 foot bed and then those what the Bible calls vain, vain imaginations. And our mind starts running. But the, giant, the giants are real. It's just, that, it's just that, well, we make the giants even bigger than they are. But God isn't concerned about the size of your giant. He's concerned about how big he is in your eyes. Because God never brings giants in our lives to prove how small we are. He brings giants in our lives to prove how big he is. The only reason you're facing 
a seven foot seven problem is because if it was like five foot two, you could defeat it on your own and then you could take all the credit. But your giant is like eight foot 11. And so the only way this morning that you're going to defeat that giant is the power of the Holy Spirit in and through you. And God says, I'm going to get the glory for that. You're not even going to get the glory for that. And so there's three cities. If you will finally, if you will finally, I don't care how long you've been running. The Israelites ran for, from something for 40 years. Oh my goodness, aren't you thankful that our God is a God of second chances? Like he gave, even before Jesus, even before grace, he gave the Israelites a second chance and he gives us second and third and fourth and fifth. And when I get to the number of chances that he gave you, you can just give him praise for giving you seven and eight and nine and ten. Come on, 25, 100. Am I hitting anybody's number this morning that God gave you, God gave you more chance? You lost count. 300 chances in youth, youth ministry alone. Every, every week. Salvation call, boom, you were there. Thank you, by the way. You uh, boosted our salvation numbers that year. I pre- appreciate, yes, I see that hand. But God give, aren't, my goodness, aren't you thankful that God didn't give up on us? Didn't give up on the Israelites. He said, you, you ran for 40 years, but you're not going to run any longer because that's not who I've created you to be. God didn't create you to live in fear. He didn't create you to run from things. He didn't create you to back down from that giant. He put strength in you. He put power in you. He put anointing in you. And not Pastor Doug, the Holy Spirit says over you, you're not going to run any longer. You're not going to run any longer. You are going to finally face that fear. And here's what you get on the other side of your fear. You get three cities that represent three things in our lives. You get Bashan. Bashan became a city of refuge. If you go on to read in the book of Joshua, here's what happened. They didn't just win the battle at Bashan. They began to occupy Bashan. That's what this series is about. Not just winning the battle, but fully stepping into and fully occupying your territory. And so once they fully occupied their territory in Bashan, it became a city of refuge. So what was the city of refuge? The city of refuge was this. Very clear laws, Ten Commandments and and other laws. Remember, though, that when God gives you boundaries, he's not giving you boundaries to make you miserable. The blessing is in the boundaries. God gives you boundaries because there is flow and there's fun and there's anointing and there's power and there's strength and there's purpose within the boundaries. And it's when we go outside of the boundaries that we get ourselves in messes. But God says the blessing is in the boundaries. And so he gave them laws. And one of the laws was don't kill each other. And so if you killed somebody, again, before, before Jesus, but this was the, the uh, Mosaic law, the old covenant laws, what would happen there? It was kind of this idea of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So if you killed somebody, then you got killed. But what if you killed somebody accidentally? Like what, if, what, if it was a, what if it was a total accident? Well, most likely the family members weren't taken into consideration. All that was an accident. No, they, they, were still com- they were still coming after you. And so without these cities of refuge, what would happen is even within, even within their home, even within their own territory, even if they went out into the wilderness and they tried to hide, they would always have to live, they would always have to live like this, right? Like looking over your shoulder. Have, have you ever lived like that? Have you ever made a decision in your past 
that you felt like the consequences of that decision were going to catch up to you. And so you kept, like, even you were trying to live for Jesus and you were trying to move on, but you feel like, man, the, consequ the consequences of that divorce or the consequences when I wasn't a good parent or the consequences of that thing that I did when I was 16 years old, and you feel like your reputation's following you and you feel like your reputation's haunting you, and that's what would happen if somebody killed somebody. They didn't even try to. They did it by accident as they would always have to live looking over their shoulder like something's chasing me, and so they would run from, they would run from. And what God said is we're going to establish a city of refuge. So when you went into Bashan, here's what would happen is that there would be a, a town gate and the elders would sit at the town gate and somebody would come chasing after you. But the elder, the elder would say something like this. So they would say, oh, there was, you know, there was a, a murder here. Somebody killed somebody. And the elder would say something like this. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is a town of refuge and you don't have jurisdiction here. That's what, that's what the elder would say. And what the Bible says is that when we confess our sins, that Jesus becomes to us, the psalmist talks about that Jesus is our, he's our tower of refuge. And so if you're here this morning and you feel like the consequences of the, of the abortion, the consequences of the divorce, the consequences uh, of the alcoholism, the consequences, if you feel like you're still being chased by a reputation and the enemy's trying to hunt you down, you run into a place of refuge his name is Jesus. And then your father, God, says, oh, I'm sorry, Satan. This is a town of refuge, and you don't have any jurisdiction here. You live in a town. Aren't you thankful? Come on, give him praise this morning for towns. He is our refuge. Your refuge isn't a place, it's a person. And if you run to Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins and the enemy can't chase you down any longer. You, have, you don't have to run any longer in your life. You don't have to run. You are in refuge. So they got Bashan, which was refuge. And then they got Mount Hermon, which is transformation. Most scholars or a lot of biblical scholars think that Mount Hermon was in Mark 9 and also in the book of Matthew. Um, the story of you may know it by, by transformation or you may know it by uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. So Jesus took Matthew, or uh, excuse me, Jesus took uh, the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, uh, in the book of Matthew and also in Mark 9. Mark 9's account reads like this, verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was, was transformed. That, that word is metamorpho. Um, and, it, and it comes from two words, and it means this. From meta, meaning to change after being with and morpho, changing form in keeping with inner reality. It means transformed after being with to be transfigured. Here's, here's what I know. I know that no matter what kind of week I've had with ups and downs, successes and challenges, whether I feel like I've been a good dad that week, whether I feel like I preached a good sermon or not, whether I feel like we're, we're, we're in momentum or I'm facing a challenge, most, most Friday mornings, 
uh, Cameron and I have date morning. So that that's what works out uh, better for us. And we drop the kids off at school and we'll go have coffee or we'll go to breakfast. We'll do some running around. But here's, here's, here's the thing about that morning. It's not, it's not about a to-do list, right? Like, I'm, I'm thankful that, I mean, Camden doesn't come into those morning coffee with like, hey, Doug, I just took the liberty of making your uh, top five list of the things that you need to change in your life. I just felt like she's never, like never, never done that. Never, ever positive and She's like Caleb, positive and encouraging, you know? She's, but but here's, what, here's what I know is that coming out of that time together, it's not like, and it's not like I, I go into that with an agenda, right? Like, man, I'm, I'm frustrated. I wish I would have been a better dad in this situation. And I just need to, man, I just need to do better as a dad. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy thing happens. When I spend time with somebody that I just genuinely love to be with, I walk out of there and I'm more full of joy. And we, we laugh and we, we dream together and we just talk. And so as a, result of, as a result of just being with, I'm trying to get some good Valentine's Day points in early, y'all. You got to help me with this. But no, really, it's, a, it's just like we don't have to accomplish anything. When I'm with her, I want to be better. When I'm with her, I have more joy. When I'm with her, I want to preach better. When I'm with her, I want to be. And that's this word. That's the idea of this word. See, some of you think that when you go get into this tent, remember the tent of prayer, when you crawl out of the tent of complaining and crawl into your tent of prayer, that God's just waiting for you. And he's like, oh my goodness, do I have a list for you today? That's not what this is about. Metamorpho, transformed by being with the presence of God. When you get into his presence, there's so much love. There's so much grace. There's so much joy. There's so much peace that you say, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to worship more. I want to tell more people about the love of Jesus. It is the transforming presence of God. And by the way, can I just say that if Jesus, who was God needed to spend time with his father and his transforming presence how much more do we need that transformation and here's what happens when you stop running from things you get to enter into the transformational presence of almighty God that just wants to be with you and encourage you and speak life to you that's the kind of presence of God and then the third city that they got was was Gilead Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.